Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. So we're in a brand new series, well, we're right in the middle of a series called Control-Alt-Delete, and we've been talking about how to delete some things in our lives that, quite honestly, they're destroying us. This morning, we want to talk about how to hit the delete button on bitterness, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. To be quite honest, it's probably one of the most difficult messages that I've preached in a very long time. The heaviness that goes with it, knowing what I'm going to say and how you'll receive it, bitterness is tough. Let me tell you why. Because bitterness is hard to see in the mirror. It really, really is. And let me tell you why it's hard to see in the mirror. Bitterness is hard to see in the mirror because most of the time we can justify how we feel. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? And, and for example, there are some of you that have gone through some incredibly difficult circumstances. I mean, literally, your lives have been destroyed by other people. And we could bring you up on the stage this morning, and you could share, give you a microphone. You could share your story. And I'm telling you, all of us would be angry, and we should, at the injustice that you've experienced. And I've got a couple big old boys that I could probably say, could y'all take care of that this afternoon? And they would. And then we come back next week, we get a video, we'd play the video of somebody getting a snot beat at them, and we'd, yay! It would just be awesome. We'd be the only weird church, but we would, just, we would be thrilled at the opportunity, right? See, bitterness is hard to see in the mirror because it's easy to justify. It's easy to justify. It's easy to say, well, I've been hurt, it's not my fault. So this is going to be tough because bitterness, known or unknown, for some of us, it is. And I, you have no earthly idea how many times I've looked at this sentence. And I've tweaked it, and I've gone back, and I've said the same thing. It is the greatest source of pain in our lives. And that may not be for everybody. And this morning, even if you think you've got some struggles, you'll think, well, it's not bitterness. Maybe it is bitterness. You just didn't recognize that it was bitterness. So are you having fun yet? You ready to jump in? Hebrews 12 says this, Make every effort. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. <laughs> you know what everyone means in the Greek? Ah, don't you wish you had said just some, a couple? But he said, you know, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness there's no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short. Oh, my gosh. This haunts me. How many of you would say, man, I need the grace of God like every day in my life. I don't ever want to miss the Yeah. So then read, read what we're fixing. Look at this. So see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up in you to cause trouble and defile many. So let me just right out of the gate. It's going to be an awesome day. What bitter root are you struggling with? Well, maybe we should find bitterness, right? Because it's hard to see. It's hard to see in the mirror. It's hard to understand what it is. So here's bitterness. According to deeptruths.com, (laughs) 
And I'm not making fun of the website. I just look at it and I still smile every time I leave. DeepTruths.com. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's just my own little thing. According to DeepTruths.com, bitterness is holding on to or showing feelings of strong animosity, hatred, anger, resentment, or vindictiveness. Let me give you some other words that describe bitterness. Merciless. Y'all out there? Merciless. Come on now. How many, how many of you would say, you know what? I got mercy for a whole lot of people over here. I got grace for a whole lot of people over here. But I'm telling you what, I'm out when it comes to that person. I'm out. I'm not pointing. She thought I was pointing at her. <laughs> Keely, I'm done. I can't see any past any further than that. So none of y'all rest y'all have to worry How many of y'all know that person in your mind? No kidding. You know that situation where you think, I have no more mercy for. Merciless. Unforgiven. Holding a grudge. I even read that the adjective, as an adjective, it means pungent to the taste. And I don't know if this is like a worldwide thing or if this is just a southern thing. Because I say a lot of things and people that aren't from the south will come up to me afterwards and go, could you get a translator? I don't, know what the, I don't know what that means. But in the South, or at least I grew up hearing this all the time, you know what, we'll speak of a situation and we'll say, that put a bitter taste in my mouth. That's where it comes from. You thought we were just dumb Southerners, right? No, we're biblical. We got it out of the Word. <laughs> that put a bitter taste in my mouth. She put a bitter taste in my mouth. This situation put a bitter taste in my mouth. And it occurred to me as I was thinking through, because I have to live with this stuff oftentimes, literally for weeks before I ever bring it to you. So as I was thinking through, studying through this whole idea of bitterness, it occurred to me that it seems like it has so much to do with loss. The loss of a relationship. A, a friendship, a, a partner, a job, your health. It has to do with loss. And now you've got a bitter taste in your mouth towards certain people or certain situations, and it's, it's about loss. And then as I thought a little bit deeper, and I just remember you know, sitting in my office, and I was, just, I was just sitting with the Lord, and I said, you know, God, there's still some other stuff. Help me understand what's going on inside of me. And as I really processed that, and I went a little bit deeper, it occurred to me that when I'm bitter, that when I'm bitter, honestly, somebody owes me something. I've lost something. And somebody is responsible for the loss. And so that thought just occurred to me. I went, wow, you know what? I'm bitter with the person, and they owe me. Maybe you did a business deal with someone who claimed to be a Christian. And I wrote this because this literally happened to me. Like, Right after I started doing the Jesus thing, I was brand new to the Jesus thing. And, you know, I've already told you many times before my father died when I was young. And so I had to, you know, finally I felt called to go back to school. And I had to pay my own way through college. I didn't have parents that could financially support that. And, and so I, I went to school. I was working. I, I worked at school. I came home and I worked again. And, and so it was during the summer. And I came up with this job. I found this job that required that I find the help of someone else. And so I did, and they took the job, and they literally took money out of, my, 
out of my pocket. It was money that I needed. It was money that was crucial for me to go back to school in the fall. And I was angry. I got bitter. Maybe you've had that same experience. They cheated you out of some money. And now they owe you. Maybe you were betrayed by a friend. Maybe you shared a secret and they went public on Facebook. And now the whole world knows. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were abused. And you were robbed of your childhood. Somebody took something from you. Maybe you weren't abused. Maybe you were just neglected. You didn't know. Your parents were broken too. They come from brokenness. And then their parents come from brokenness. And that, that brokenness has just been handed down generation after generation after generation. But you didn't know that. And it's not necessarily that you were abused. You weren't abused sexually. You weren't abused physically. But you were neglected. They just didn't love you. And you just feel like somebody owes you something. Maybe you're single. And you really feel like you deserve to be married. And you're bitter. Or maybe you were married and your spouse traded you in for a newer, younger model. And that would be a whole lot funnier if it wasn't true. And now you have a bitter taste in your mouth. Maybe you have a bitter taste in your mouth for men. Maybe you have a bitter taste in your mouth for women. Maybe you have a bitter taste in your mouth when it comes to marriage. And so maybe when you see other married couples, you know what? Honestly, you're just bitter. You don't even know where it comes from exactly. But you know what you feel deep down inside. You've experienced loss. On some level, and you're bitter. And you know the thing about bitterness that really makes it so difficult? It's not even your fault. It's, it's not your fault. You, you didn't do anything. It's what somebody else did to you. It's what you experienced. A broken family, hurt, pain that was caused by other people who've experienced hurt and pain that just perpetuated their own brokenness. It's not even your fault. It wasn't even their fault. And somebody owes you. Maybe you're bitter at God. Boy, I spent a lot of years bitter at God. A lot of years bitter at God. I mean, after all, He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, right? And if He is, then why won't He answer? And I wrote this, your very reasonable prayers. <laughs> Y'all with me? Come on. Anybody else in the house said... This is reasonable. Lord, I'm, I'm not asking, how many of you, I'm not asking anything for me. I'm praying this for somebody else. I, I'm praying, I'm praying that you'll heal this person that I love. That's a reasonable prayer. I pray that you'll take away their pain. That's a reasonable prayer. Why would you allow this person to go through so much pain? It's a reasonable prayer. 
And God, if you're all that and a bag of chips, and that's what the preacher says, I mean, so if you're every, then why won't you? And, and you know what? You find yourself, you don't want to admit this. This is really difficult to say. But honestly, you're sitting there this morning thinking, you know what? God owes me. He owes me. So he says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Ah. <sighs> Boy, we started off with that. Well, it was bad, but now that you're looking at bitterness and the cause of bitterness, and it's not your fault, it's what somebody else did. Maybe even that you're bitter and angry at God. And now you look at this and see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. How? That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Why do you think he uses such extreme language? Because bitterness cont contaminates everything it touches. It defiles many. That's the tough thing about bitterness. The tough thing about bitterness is, is parents, when you're a bitter parent, guess what you do? You pass that bitterness down to your kids. They don't even know where it came from. All they know is, is some type of attitude. It's an attitude that you have toward certain people group, a certain situation, certain things, and suddenly they just buy into your bitterness, and it contaminates them. They don't even know why they're bitter. They're just bitter. It's kind of like the red maple tree in our backyard. It's, it was beautiful. I said it was beautiful. I cut that sucker down. But it was awesome. In the fall, the leaves... I'm not kidding you. I used to love to just sit at the breakfast table in the morning with a cup of coffee, doing my devotion, and look out at that tree. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous. But, but what I realized was underneath the surface, beyond what I could see, there was a root system. And I'm not kidding you. I learned that red maples, like, they have a root system like you cannot believe. Roots grow everywhere. And, and what I didn't realize was, was it, it got into my irrigation system. Now, you have to understand, I worked hard for that irrigation system. Some of you didn't have to work hard for yours. I worked hard for mine. I want you to know that I sacrificed and I, I did all the landscape in the yard. We did everything to save money so that I could have a sprinkler system. And these roots, they didn't ask me for my permission. They started, they, they got all tangled up with and started, they broke the pipe. And what was really difficult was I had to dig. I literally, I kid you not, I dug for weeks to find the leak because I'm cheap. And I wasn't calling a professional. So nobody felt sorry for me. I got a little bitter. No. Bitterness is the exact same way. If you allow it to grow in your life, even while you can't see it, it will cause trouble. It will spring a leak sooner or later. So how do you kill it? Boy, this is not going to be easy. It's not easy for me. Maybe it's not easy for me because I've had to deal with so much of this in my own life. Where God just, he just will not leave me alone with certain things. I hope you feel the same way. Anybody, if he's not, I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray that he does. Get all up in your cornflakes about whatever. 
And so maybe that's the reason, but this is very, very personal for me. How do you get rid of the root of bitterness? Well, the first thing is you expose it. You expose it. Ephesians 5 verse 11 have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Why do you think the author of Hebrews uses this metaphor of of a root to describe bitterness? I think it's because most of us aren't even aware that it's there unless you do a little digging. Actually, honestly, I didn't do the digging in my life. God did it for me. The Holy Spirit began to do that in me. So what I'm going to ask this morning is, is just like I did last week, if you'll just allow the Holy Spirit just to show up right now and maybe begin to just expose some things. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, would you be brave enough? It's, it's going to take a lot of courage for you to say, you know what, God, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm experiencing this, but I'm going to allow you to just show up right now and begin to dig around into the depths of my soul to expose what's there. What are some things that you've buried deep down in, your, in the soul of your, of your heart? What is it that you don't want to deal with? What is it that you don't even like thinking about? And maybe, maybe right now, if, if you've got like a piece of paper and a pen, maybe you just take and literally write it down. And you say, why should I write it down? Because let me just tell you about me. You're probably different. I know it's hard to believe. I'm a little ADD. I'm probably a lot ADD. And so for me, I have a prayer list. Why do I have a prayer list? Because, I mean, I know God gets confused when I pray. I mean, he's like, what? Like, you were over here, and now you're over here, and now you're back. What? I don't even know what you want me to answer. I don't even know what you're trying to say. So what I do is I, I literally, I make a list, and I write things down. I get very specific. And sometimes I get, really, I get tickled at myself. I'll be off in Never Never Land, and I'll go, how did I get there? And I'll go back to my prayer list because it keeps me focused. Sometimes what I need to do is I need to, when God speaks to me about a subject, I literally, physically, I need to write it down. So if it's a situation, if it's a person, you need to expose it. Then once you expose it, and when I say it, really, it's a person. Because no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is, it always involves people. then you need to cancel their debt. Now, if you think this one's tough, i got a third point coming that's worse than this one. So just be thankful for this one. You cancel their debt. Matthew 18 maps out how to cancel a debt. Verse 21, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, really, how many times? I mean, how many times? How many times should I forgive a brother or sister who sinned against me? And then Peter, you know, thinking he was going to impress Jesus, he said, well, okay, I know, I've learned a few things. I know like seven is the perfect number. Like, that's your number, God. The number of completion, yay, God. So maybe seven times, and Jesus said, no, no. It's 77 times. And really what Jesus is saying is, it's really forgiveness never ends. And then he tells them this story. He said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. So he began, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And just so you know, as Jesus is telling this story, Jesus is using hyperbole. But everybody in the crowd would have literally went, 
Well, that dude's toast. I mean, that, that, that guy's toast. 10,000 bags of gold. Here's what they knew. There were several things that probably crossed their mind. At least I know what crossed my mind. This guy was a complete idiot. I mean, you don't want to, there's no way he'll ever be able to pay this much money back. How irresponsible can you possibly be? Hello? Anybody else? Are you thinking, how in the world 10,000 bags of gold, this would have been like a billion dollars, you know? It would have been like billions and billions of, there's no way you could possibly pay this money back. And honestly, you made your bed, you're going to have to lay in it. Y'all are probably that more merciful and gracious. I'm looking at y'all going, what? Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Yeah. It's all going right. I mean, how can you be that far in debt? How can you be that stupid? At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged. That's all he's got left is to beg. To beg for what? Mercy. He said, I'll pay everything back. That's a lie. He can't pay everything back. It's impossible. No way humanly possible he's ever going to be able to pay this back. So now he's just doing, he's just resorting to lying. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. You've got to be kidding me. He didn't deserve it. He lied about it. He said, I'll pay it back. He couldn't. And so this master looked at him, had pity and, and he extended mercy and grace. It's an awesome story, isn't it? Well, the servant goes out, and he sees a fellow that owed him peanuts, really, compared to what he had owed his master. I mean, really, it was just nothing. It, it, would, it would have been very easy for him, given time, to be able to pay back his debt. You know what he did? He demanded immediate payment. Immediate payment. And when the guy couldn't make the payment, you know what he did? He had that man thrown into prison. Well, all this gets back to his master. Can you imagine being that master? To say, are you kidding me? I forgave you a debt that there's no way you would have ever been able to pay back. You lied, said you could. I knew you were lying. But in spite of all of that, I had mercy on you. And then you didn't have that same mercy for somebody else. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt, all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In his anger, he handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And then Jesus, he ends with this sentence, and really you should go home and study this sentence. This sentence will haunt you. And then you've got to know the context of the whole chapter. I mean, there's a lot to figure out here. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Can I be honest? I wish he had left the heart part out. I, I, listen, I tried to say, we're going we're to dig into the Greek. We're going to feel the heart. We're gonna, what do you mean? I mean, I can forgive someone, but you're asking that I feel forgiveness. I don't know if that's possible. So what's it look like, forgiveness from the heart? Just so you know, when you cancel a debt, when you cancel a debt, whoever owed you now owes you nothing. 
The debt's paid. They owe you nothing. And right now, I'm pretty sure that somebody on the inside, you're screaming inside saying, you don't, you don't know. You don't know my story. You don't know what was done to me. You have no idea of the stories I've heard over the years. This is Springwell. We have dealt with more hurt and more pain than you could possibly imagine. What I do know is this, and I'm just speaking out of the depths of my heart. What I know is it can only happen as you reflect on the grace that God has given you. That's all I got. And, and maybe, 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 maybe the blessing, I, this is weird, but maybe the, the, the good part of my life is that I've experienced some nastiness in my life. I, I strayed from God for a long time. I was angry and bitter at God. I was angry and bitter at the church. I was angry and bitter at a lot of people. I got into a lot of things. I've hurt a lot of people in my life. And every time I go back and I think, wait a minute, God, I wasn't in church. I was in a warehouse on a Monday morning about 10 minutes till 7, and God got a hold of me, and I got down on a cold cement floor, and I just began to cry out to God. I began to pray. I said, God, I don't, you know, I, I got nothing. I got nothing to offer you. Long story short, he, he extended to me mercy. And when I reflect on that, and when I look at what somebody may, I think, may owe me, honestly, it's nothing. So we expose the object of our bitterness. We cancel their debt. And here's the last one. We bless the offender. I told you it was going to be tough. And you're thinking, what does that mean? It's going to be hard. At least it's been hard for me. Some of you probably a lot more advanced in the whole spiritual world than I am, but it's been difficult for me. Let me just tell you, for me, it didn't come natural. It doesn't come natural. When I, when I shared my story with other people, you know what? They agreed. <laughs> you should be bitter. You should be angry. You should think in terms of revenge. And I did on more than one occasion. I'm not proud of it. I sought to get revenge. And for those that say that you don't feel better afterwards, I felt pretty good. Uh, I'm sorry, church, I shouldn't say it, but I'm just going to be honest. It felt pretty stinking good at the time. See, it didn't come natural. And i got to be honest, I don't even know if it ne necessarily that it feels right. I don't know that it feels right. It feels wrong. But Jesus said in Luke 6, but you who are listening, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless who? I can't hear you. Bless those who curse you. I wanted, I, so I did a word study, 
And, and so I looked up this Greek word, and I wanted to be able to pronounce it for you. I'm going to be honest. I, you got, I got nothing. I mean, I got some, I even got the little man on some website, how to pronounce stuff. I'm convinced he didn't know what he was doing either. So I can't pronounce it, but I can tell you this. It's the same word that we get our word, oddly enough, it's the word that, same word, it's the root word that we get our word eulogy from. So, at somebody's funeral, what do we do? We eulogize their life. Now, sometimes that's tough. Sometimes I've gone to the family and I said, okay, Bob's dead. I got nothing. I mean, I don't know. He was just a sorry man. I mean, I got nothing. You, know? you think I'm kidding. And I've looked at, I've looked, because, you know, I, I can be really, really close with people. So I said, do you have something? And they've looked at me and said, nope. We got nothing. There have been times I did a funeral, never talked about the person who passed. You know why? I had nothing good to say. The family had nothing good to say. This word means to speak well over someone's life. So he says, bless those who curse you. I want you you to not just cancel their debt. I want you to speak well over their lives. So when you're speaking to other people and 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 their, their name comes up, when somebody mentions that person's name, and when everything in you, you want to tell them what they did to you, what you do instead is you speak well over that person. Wow. And he says, pray for those who mistreat you. Oh, I've, I've done some praying. I read the Old Testament, and I loved it. And there would be times I'd say, Lord, David prayed, squash them like a grape. That's my prayer. Take them out in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, do it slow. And if it would be on the 6 o'clock news, I know, I know. Y'all are more spiritual than me. He said, when someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. I haven't been real good at that either. Someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them either. Just give them, give them your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. And then he, this is interesting. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to treat others. I want you to do to others. I want you to show them the same mercy and the same grace and the same forgiveness and the same goodness that you would want them to show you. And I I wrote this. That's not natural. Maybe it is for you. I don't have the capacity. And I wrote this. I can't fake it. I wish I could. I've wanted to fake it over the years, but I don't fake it well. People have looked at me many times over the years and said, man, something's, something's wrong with you. I can see it. Like it's written on my face, you know? And people that know me well will want to know how I'm doing. I can't fake it, and I can't fake the spiritual stuff either. And so I've just quit trying. I'm not going to fake it. And so that's like exposing it then when I'm not faking it. And I can't muster it up. I just can't. Not in certain situations that I found myself in. It's not in me. So where do I start? 
true forgiveness is extending someone else that which has been extended to me. And that's all I got. And if there's anything good about my past, and there's a lot of bad about my past, but the good part about my past is that it keeps me humble. And I've yet, I've yet to encounter another person who's ever done anything toward me. But when I think about what I've done, the injustice, the jump, I always end up at the same place. I always think, Lord, you've been so good to me. I prayed for years, Lord, if you never do anything else, if you never answer another prayer, I pray you did enough the day you, saw, you saved my sorry behind. That was enough. It's the only way that I know that you can cancel someone's debt. It's the only way that I know that you can bless someone, that you can speak well over someone that's betrayed you and hurt you. And look at me. Please hear me. I know it works. I know it works. And I've stood with people who did everything they could to destroy me. And I can honestly look at you and say this morning that I looked at them and I was free. I was free. No bitterness, no anger, no hatred. And that wasn't because I was good. I'm telling you, this doesn't come natural unless I reflect on how good God's been to me. This morning, many of us are dealing with issues that we've either just maybe tried to bury, you didn't want to deal with, you were justified. It's hard to see in the mirror. And maybe this morning, you know what, God has just kind of brought those to the forefront of your mind, your heart. Maybe you're bitter with God. I was so angry at God, He took my dad away from me. I had to grow up and I had to work for everything I had. And, and anger turned to bitterness. I didn't want to have anything to do with God. Maybe you're bitter at God. But He didn't answer a very reasonable prayer that you prayed. I'm going to ask you just to take a step and say, God, give me the courage to deal with this in the light. It's been in the darkness. Holy Spirit, bring it into the light. Would you be willing to do that right now? Just, God, just bring it into the light. And Lord, you're going to have to give me the courage and you're going to have to give me the strength to cancel the debt. I don't have this on my own. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to speak blessing. Yes, you will. But you will never do it on your own. And maybe you just pray right now. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. But everything I've said this morning just makes perfect sense. You're better and you know it. 
and you know that you don't have the capacity, you know as you've struggled maybe through this message to think there's no way I've been hurt too deeply. truth of it is, is you know you need God in your life, but you really don't know how to get started. Here's what I want you to know. He is absolutely crazy about you. In spite of all your junk, all your bitterness, all of your hurt, all of your pain, all of your sin, what God desires more than anything else is a relationship with you. A relationship with you. That's why He sent Jesus. That's why Jesus came, to deal with all of our junk, all of our nastiness, all of our sin. God said, I, you have a sin problem and you can't get better or be better on your own. And I'm going to send my son. And Jesus said, I love you so much that what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to go to the cross and I'm willing to take all of your sin, all of your junk, all of your hurt, and I'm going to take it to the cross. And that's exactly what he did. Why? All because God wants a relationship with you. That's it. That's it. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. It's kind of hard to wrap your brain around, right? And yet, right now, some of you are thinking, so this is what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We cannot make this happen. Every, every Sunday, especially, every Sunday morning, I, my prayer is always, God, I know I'm not that good, but I never claim to be good. So, Lord, Holy Spirit's going to have to show up, and He's going to have to do a work that I can't do. And that's what He's done this morning. God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, is speaking to you, and He's drawing you to Himself. He said, give me your life, and I'll take all the junk. I'll take care of all of that nastiness. Trust me. Give me your life. If that's you, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed, and we're looking around. Maybe you say something like this. Heavenly Father, God, I know that I'm a sinner who needs forgiveness. I need, I need grace. I need mercy. I'm like that servant I would did. I can't pay. I owe too much. So I'm telling you this morning that I just, I accept what you did. I thank you for what you did. Jesus, that you would be willing to die for me is amazing. That you're alive, you're well. That you were raised from the dead. And I'm asking you right now, to forgive me of all my sin and to be my Savior. Step into my life. For this day forward, to the best of my ability, I'll just surrender my life to you. Do with it as you will. Well, Lord, you're amazing. You're always amazing. Your word is so powerful. And the solution sometimes, God, to the things that are wrecking our lives, it's not easy. We can't do it on our own. I can't deal with my bitterness on my own. I can't deal with anger on my own. I need you. I need your strength and your wisdom. The wisdom to just look back over my own life 
and to realize just how blessed I am to have found your mercy and your grace. And Lord, that I can be willing to extend that to other people that I don't think are near as bad as what I've been. You're awesome. It's in the sweet name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.